Welcome to the Mac Emerge Podcast. My name is Teresa Chen, and with me I have Kevin Dong, Brendan Trotter, and Joanna Dida, and we'll be your podcast team. Our goal is to connect all the McMaster-affiliated emergency physicians so we all get to know each other a little better. We have so much great talent and expertise in this region. We want to highlight it into one regional podcast. Each podcast features one invited guest to speak about their expertise or interests. Additionally, we will feature external speakers who have delivered regional rounds at one of our teaching sites. And don't forget about the residents. We'll be featuring stories about our residents and what they've been up to as well. All right, are you ready? Let's get started with this month's episode. All right, hello, everyone. Thank you for coming back for another episode of Mac Emerge Podcast. I'm here with Dr. Claire Wallner. She's one of our docs at Hamilton Health Sciences and an assistant prof within the Department of Medicine. So, Claire, will you say hi to everyone? Hi. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So, Claire, I brought you in to have a chat a little bit about a recent big deal that just happened. Do you want to tell, tell us a little bit about the big win that you just had? Yeah, so we had developed our triage card series game that helps teach mass casualty incident triage and sort of initial incident management based off of a lot of the work that you had already done with Gridlocked. And then we submitted it to the Gala 2021 Games Competition and won the award for academic game in the academic category. Um, So this was a serious gaming convention that happens in Europe, uh, the Games and Learning Alliance Conference. Yeah. And so we had a chance, Naman, or one of our students who's really taking the lead on the further studies that we're doing with the game now, had the chance to present to an international audience about our game. Yeah, so Namin Aurora, for those of you who are maybe selecting people for CARMS, is uh, the uh, <laughs> med student. I'm just going to say his name for the record, you know, because uh, <laughs> being a good advocate and sponsor. No, just kidding. I mean, like, to be honest, you'd already done the work, right, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you were the originator with Paula Sneath, one of our residents, right? She's mm-hmm. a four. Um, she's writing an exam in the new year, so she's kind of in the de- deep, dark hole of of uh of 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 studying real cards so, exactly. Yeah, exactly so she's uh she she probably w- wouldn't have time for a podcast right now but maybe we'll bring her on the show another time mm-hmm. um but uh you know paula's been essential in developing two of the games at this point so she helped with developing gridlocked and then she went and helped do with triage so definitely exactly. a friend of uh, someone who's very good at thinking about gameplay, being in that space, and really helping with that. So, But exactly. we also had some other helpers, right? So um, myself, I helped out. And uh, we also had Kevin Morgan, who's an ACP paramedic. And so shout out to Kevin for helping us with uh, testing out triage, making sure, making sure it made sense. And then exactly. actually my partner, uh, Bruce Blaine, actually helped out a little bit too. He yeah, especially those- that initial design, because it's yeah. really great. One of the things you're good at is helping bring together that team of people who have educator experience, but also clinical experience in the areas you need. So as Emerge and people who do a lot of pre-hospital work and paramedics, but a number of us also enjoy playing games. Um, And then somebody like Bruce who enjoys playing games and is an educator, but isn't an Emerge doc or a paramedic or somebody who does emergency response. So kind of getting all of those aspects to actually make something that'll teach us something 
that's actually playable. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, let's dial back time a little bit. Um, Serious Games is something that's kind of new, to be honest. And in medical education, we don't have a lot of them. Um, In health professions education, we don't have a lot of them. But it is something that has like a 10-year-old conference. (laughs) That's I know, exactly. (laughs) Other industries have been using this for a while. And I, I I would highlight that. You know, just like everything else in the world, sometimes in healthcare, we're a little bit more conservative. It takes us longer to change. You yeah, know, we're yeah. still using fax machines and pagers uh, in many institutions. So, you know, we're, we're tubes. Not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not exactly. necessarily on the leading edge all the time. So you can imagine how maybe this is something that um, wasn't, wasn't on our radar until more recently. But um, by definition, a serious game is a game that is meant to teach you something. It might have the side effect of being fun, but the main intention is not that it is fun, but that it teaches you something, which is why it's essential to have new players, players that have never learned anything from you before, um, doesn't know the content, isn't an expert, um, to play the game when you're developing one of these games, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both from the, is it playable and engaging in some way, but also are they able to learn the content? Because it can be hard if you're somebody like myself who's been involved in pre-hospital care forever or paramedics who've been around for a while and had to find ways to learn these concepts or emergency medicine providers. Sometimes it, it becomes sort of that unaware knowledge. Like we're so familiar with trying to review these concepts and teach them that it's important to get somebody who it's new for to try it to make sure that it's actually making sense to somebody who doesn't already have a bunch of foreknowledge. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. It's kind of like whenever you're teaching anything, if you can teach it mm-hmm. to your mom who doesn't exactly. know exactly. If your mom might already know it, then you have to find someone else, maybe your dad, exactly. maybe your cousin. Um, but it's always nice to understand as a teacher what you're trying to teach makes sense to other people. Um, but that it doesn't mean that you're doing something badly. It just means that maybe you haven't simplified it enough for people to really take it in, right? It's something that we, what we do is very complex. And so having people that can remind us of that uh, so we don't jump steps is really important. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about what triaged is because we haven't even talked yeah. about it. Kind of jumped yeah. right into kind of winning the game and the backstory about, you know, pro tips on if you want to develop a game, but what is triaged? Yeah, so triaged is a card game. It's a cooperative turn-based game that is set up so that the players or the learners take on the role of first responders to a mass casualty incident. So at the beginning of the game, you can draw an event kernel, sort of set up what the event is. And it's a dice-based card game. So you roll the dice so that there's an element of good chaos, really, that will help alter things like how many patients are coming to you and how many ambulances you have available. And then you have to manage the scene, set it up, and then triage these patients through each turn. And you have 10 turns to manage the scene the best you can, including, based on what resources you have, sending patients in the appropriate order to the most appropriate facility. So when Paul and I got together and we really enjoyed playing Gridlocked and we're thinking about the mechanics 
of that game, which teaches sort of a similar sort of high level flow of complex patients through the emergency department. And how do you keep that flow going, that higher level management without things getting clogged up and backed up or what we call gridlocked in our departments. And we were thinking of what other clinical scenarios do we need to teach and learn about and figure out how to manage that are hard to teach and experience. And so the mass casualty incident, and really um, it's the scenario is mass casualty incident, but one of the things that Paula was really interested in is one of the problems that we have in our system, but certainly in other areas of the world too, is that there's a finite number of ambulances available, but there's also a finite number of hospitals and beds and emergency rooms. And a lot of the times, the number of calls coming in and patients wanting to go to the hospital outstrips the number of beds available. So you end up with the ambulances getting stuck at hospitals on what we call offload delay, which then makes fewer ambulances available to the system, which can then cause a delay in response when there is when somebody has a need. So it's kind of like the pre-hospital version of gridlock happens. Yeah. So we wanted to set up a gameplay and flow that would let people see, well, why and how does that happen? And if you send too many patients to the same hospital, all of your ambulances might get stuck in an offload delay, and then you can't run the scene management. And that's hard unless you're somebody who's been in the system for a while. Like I'm sure paramedics on the road understand this innately because they're living it, but it's hard to explain to a, a learner or a lay person or somebody new to the system. Why? Why does that happen? And this game gives us a chance to actually play with that flow. Yeah, for sure. And it, and I think that because of that, it's actually quite approachable because we've mm -hmm. actually tried to make it so that it's about the principles of that. There's not a lot of medicine, although you can learn a little bit about oh, sure. um, kind of start or salt triage, whichever you want it. You just have to basically understand that someone's sick and you should do something with their airway. Uh, you should make sure that you're trying to have control hemorrhage. These are things that really any bystander might want to be empowered to know. So that's good. But then after that, like we wouldn't expect, um, uh, people to really know what the next steps are. So that's what the game takes you through, kind of triaging, placing them in different piles to say, okay, who's okay for transport, who is actually ex expectantly or if not already dead, who's critically ill and needs to be shipped out early, and who needs to get there sometime soon, but maybe isn't, you know, completely uh, scot-free, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think that we kind of teach that. And, and then I think it's about understanding what happens beyond that, because a lot of games could stop just at the triaging level and it would be a very simple version of this game, but you added a whole layer of a complexity when you brought in kind of the, the phenomenon of, of actually having hospitals that you had to get patients to and then waiting for them to offload on the other end and then, you know, trying to figure out how, how you're going to get, get uh, the vehicles back into play. And I think that that adds a layer of complexity that actually elevates the game to a different level of gameplay if you're a gamer, but also because it teaches something that other games haven't been able to communicate to our stakeholders sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard when you're learning things like incident management and some of these initial triage, because traditionally the way that we try to teach these things is through one of two ways, either just sort of a rote memorization where people are drilling just that red, green, yellow triaging scale which is really just sort of a memorization task. 
or like the very large sim scenarios where you have a whole bunch of people with, you know, moulage on fake patients and you're trying to move people through systems, which definitely is a necessary thing that we need to learn and do and try sort of that large scale sim. But you can see how even before COVID times, when we could do those, get huge groups of people together for learning, that's daunting and not something you can do very frequently. And then each individual learner only sees the incident from their point of view. So not everybody can be the scene commander for that scenario and get that ex- the sort of big overview of what's going on in that incident. So this is a nice way to, to sort of bridge that higher level sort of a tabletop sim that you can do over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was the inspiration really for Gridlock. For sure. Is that we wanted something that could be played. And so for those of you who don't know about Gridlocked, you can check it out at gridlockedgame.com. You can also find the triaged information there. So it's gridlockedgame.com slash triaged dash game. But definitely you can go to gridlockedgame.com and check it out. It's a game that helps people understand the flow dynamics within the merge and then getting patients up to the ward. And the idea would be that, you know, if your consultant isn't able to admit patients, you understand that that grinds things to a halt. If you are bed blocked and you're actually gridlocked um, and you can't get people up to the ward, then that backs up into the merge, which then backs up into the waiting room and you you get the phenomenon that we've all um, experienced time and time again, both pre-pandemic and now during the pandemic. It's, Yeah. if anything, been one of those things that it, it's always been a phenomenon to the point where when mm-hmm. people saw the game, they were like, yep, that's like every day. I, <laughs> and know. Similar, I right? know. And and so I think that that's important for us to think about these other modalities to communicate what we do and so that other people can understand it. Because, I mean, I think you've played triage with your little one and I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Or I guess you have two of them. So I, I think the older one has played triage with you before or has the younger yeah, one? Yeah, the younger one now is six, which is about how old the older one was when we were first making this. So she was sort of our first game tester. Yeah. She would just sort of like made little cards that were just green, yellow, red. Yeah. And would have to do the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. All the whole family in it, right? Yeah. Exactly. And similarly, I, I mean, we've had reports of, um, of children of emergency physicians who mm-hmm. you know, play gridlocked with them before they go to oh, work yeah. or, you know, as one of my colleagues did live tweeted as he played with his girl, the, uh, the process of the actual game and, and the holdups. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I think that that's the power of some of these modalities is that they go beyond telling someone what you do, you can actually kind of show them a little bit. And mm-hmm. so for those of you who haven't checked this out before, definitely check it out. It might be something that you're interested in. This would be something that you might want to put into people's stockings or under the tree uh, in f- uh, future years if you celebrate Christmas. If not, there's always Chinese New Year, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. other, other gift-giving times or birthday presents and graduation yeah. gifts. The, the, the cool part of it too is that all of us have signed off on our IP uh, mm-hmm. to give the give the game proceeds actually back to McMaster. And so Claire and I have no conflicts of interest because we actually don't make any money. If anything, we lost money uh, when we were starting to make these games because we had to buy the 
cardboard and the markers to actually do this. But anyway, that's just arts and crafts and that's fun. But uh, but the idea would be that these games, when we have proceeds, they actually go into a dedicated research innovation fund that we've what we set up for medical education innovations and also for development of uh, faculty or um, learners who are seeking to kind of up their game, pun intended, uh, in, in a focused area around education. So it doesn't give out a lot of money, but it does give out money periodically. And um, it's kickstarted a bunch of other projects like McInerge Podcast did their program evaluation and uh, also um, uh, the DIY mentorship um, playbook. Uh, they're working on a program evaluation of that as well. So it's, you know, it's it's something that helps, you know, foster innovation and and new things uh, and hopefully you can find in your heart to you know buy a copy of this and, and share it with the world or uh, with others and and you get kind of a two for one right it's a fundraiser as well exactly all right claire um any final thoughts if someone's interested in developing a game what would be some things that you think they should bear in mind when they're uh, diving into this any, any pro tips yeah i think one of the things we did that really helped is we had a couple of us who had similar interests in what we wanted to teach, like particularly Paula and I. And we all sat together as a group with the folks who had helped with Gridlocked and played not only Gridlocked, but some other serious games and just card games in general to get an idea of different mechanics and just sort of sat down and really just brainstormed what were the fundamental concepts that we wanted to teach. We played around with the different games to figure out which, to sort of spark those ideas of which game mechanics might match what we're trying to teach. And then sort of at the same time, we were doing this whole gameplay approach, Paul and I really sat back to and came at it from a second point of view, which was the, let's pretend that this is just a regular sim, an educational sim that we're writing up and think about who are our learners? What materials do we want? What are our goals and outcomes and all of those kinds of things? And even just wrote up a simple educational plan from that point of view. So it kind of came at it from both sides and just arts and crafts time. He said, we used a lot of sticky notes, a lot of index cards, and just played until we got mechanics that we thought would actually work. It's like you also you need to have the playfulness in there, but you also need to be mindful and you know strategic and kind yep. of think with that different part of your brain. So it's like a left brain, right brain kind of like collaboration. But you, there are phases of this that are very creative, where you're brainstorming, you're thinking, and you're just thinking about all the possibilities. And then you got to pull it together and be like, what are we trying to teach? How are we going to teach it? How are we going to match? exactly our outcomes to the gameplay and then you also get to be creative again when you're like designing the look of the game you know exactly like processes the some of the novel you know innovative strategies like you know for for us with triage there's a little grid that helps you you know instead of a decoder exactly. you know that's the kind of stuff that we kind of like innovated on that was fun but then you also need to like put dollars to donuts and and get the game produced and like there's a lot of you know photoshopping and putting things together and there's a whole graphic whole design lot. side of it mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. exactly so all of that needs to be kind of thought of and and it's painstaking but it's i mean to me it's kind of totally worth it when you can like buy your game and actually physically hold it mm -hmm. at the end of the time so i don't know yeah and we really wanted it to have a dual purpose right like we wanted it to be engaging in something that was simple enough and low barrier enough that you could 
just two people pick up the card game and just play it. But you could also use it like a really formal tool and do, we kind of joked about the Dungeons and Dragons dungeon master thing. Like you could have an educator sort of overseeing the whole scenario and make it a more specific educational plan and learn how to fill out some of those incident management sheets if you're actually trying to learn formal incident management. So that's kind of the fun thing, I think, as an educator for working with these kinds of modalities is you can do it on so many different levels. Like you can just keep it simple and play and leave learners to themselves and just let them do it. Or you could turn it into a much more formal sim. Yeah. And then, then there's the other layer of also involving trainees, right? Like Paula. Oh, absolutely. At student when she started, worked on gridlocked and then she was a junior resident when she worked on triage. And now she's, you know, writing her exam. So, you know, like that's pretty awesome that we were able to help her along, but all along the way, there's been other med students that have helped with both of the games. Uh, and I think that that's also another way of paying it forward is that it's a safe and very contained project where we can actually bring other people on board to help. And usually they're quite excited exactly. to help, right? So we've had yeah. people like Simon Huang, who's now a, a resident at Dell. I think he's also writing his exam this year, I think. Um, we've oh also got people who are, I know I feel so old, right? Uh, we also have people who are, or maybe it's next year. And then we also have people who have helped with, you know, marketing, play testing, to refine it, get feedback, do a program evaluation. German Brar, who's I think in internal medicine uh, now, and Steve Hale, who's at Winnipeg um, in, in University of uh, Manitoba. Sonia Wakeling, who's one of our residents, she's helped with you know various phases of Gridlocked, the innovation fund, and also she's helped with the sequel game that'll come out at some point. It's called Discharged, which is about like planning discharges on an internal medicine ward, mm -hmm. um, which is a very different time scale. And it's super interesting because each turn on that game is actually a week as opposed to- Oh my goodness. To, uh, yeah. sorry, a day, sorry, it's a day as opposed to yeah. in gridlock where a turn is an hour, which if that's not a commentary on, you know, what uh, the difference mm -hmm. in time scale within the hospital is, I, I don't know what else is, you know. And, uh, and it's super interesting to kind of have different people come and help with the various things that we've been working on. And it's just really exciting, I think, to carve out a niche in some of this area so that people could discover that this is something that they might want to do. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, shout out to all of those people who have been involved in this project here and there. And, you know, with the ones that are coming up, like Claire Fiala is leading a small team on a gridlocked expansion pack right now. So kudos to her for taking that up. And Kelly Lean is a, is a CCFP grad that uh, came out of Western recently. There was a med student with us that has actually created a free version of gridlock that I still need to finalize the instructions with her and get that in the world so people could actually play and learn some of the concepts for free. And so I think it's been really fun to watch the expansion and so proud of the triage team for, you know, their contributions to make it happen. So we're really excited that the med students came along and helped with, you know, that project. And I don't know, it's just been really exciting, right? So really excited to see what the next chapter is. Really excited to see where people go with this next. And, uh, yeah, excited to have uh, uh, Naman, Sasha, and Riva help us with that next phase of validating triaged and making sure that it's playable, that's usable, that it's teaching what we want it to teach. <laughs> exactly. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Claire. It's been exciting to chat with you and reflect on, you know, our recent big win, but also where we might be able to go. And if people are interested in helping out, they just have to reach out to yourself or myself and we can maybe get them on the path of being a team member on this or a future game they might have in mind. Exactly. Always a pleasure talking with you, Teresa. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mac Emerge podcast. We hope that this brings you new information and helps you up your game so you can deliver better patient care to our region. Remember, we are always looking for new talent and expertise to feature in our podcast. So if you're interested, please feel free to contact us at our email at macemergepodcast at gmail.com. We're also looking to improve your experience, so please submit your feedback as well. Again, thanks for listening. Let's all stay connected. Mac Emerge out!